Okay, and welcome back to the Being Human cast. I'm Andy. And I'm Susie. Hey, so how are you doing, Susie? Doing wonderful. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, sort of summer here in the UK now. We've actually had some vaguely warm weather recently, so it's been quite nice. I mean, obviously, compared to your standards of warm, it's probably quite <laughs> cold. But uh, for us, it's, it's been quite nice. We've had It's quite good, so I uh, can't complain. So um, so what's, what's warm? Oh, well, we're going to get into this whole Celsius Fahrenheit thing. I know we? it. <laughs> um, it it's Shorts been... weather or britches weather still? Well, okay, this is again relative, isn't it? But I mean, <laughs> True. I, I, I've I've been able to wear shorts. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's been in the twenties. But I, I always remember, um, as I said, it's, it's relative. You, you know, I've been over to you go over to Portugal or Spain or somewhere in February, March time, and all the Brits will be in. Yeah, shorts and t-shirts saying, wow, isn't it lovely and hot? And all the locals have got thick coats on, hats and scarves, you know. (laughs) As far as they're concerned, it's blooming freezing. So, yeah, shorts or not shorts is always a very relative thing, isn't it? Very true. So true. So, welcome to the weather podcast. No Uh, kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm just fulfilling a stereotype answer about the English always talking about the weather. Anyway, so... (laughs) Uh, being human, yes, being human, yes, we need to talk about that. So, for those of you that um, um, haven't realised, the the BBC have posted up um, a uh, a new entry. They've they've kicked off this whole video diary thing they're doing to try and uh, keep track of season three. Cause season three is uh, often often running now. Um, if you can't view the uh, diary video thing on the BBC website. They did tweet a link to it uh, on YouTube, so you should better find it on YouTube. Uh, obviously, if you really can't find it, then uh, contact us. Let us know, and uh, we will try and find the link and post it up for you and stuff. So, um, and on the subject of stuff that's posted up, hopefully you've all seen on our website that we uh, posted the link to the awesome photo from the red carpet of uh, Sinead, Russell and Lenora who uh, all look absolutely stunning um, Can I get away with saying that Russell looks stunning? I don't know Oh uh, yes, he okay. looked very nice Thank you um, So yeah, so we, we put that uh, that link up there um, for everyone to go look at and, and also um, included a couple of links to some stuff that uh, our, our good friend Being Human 3 shared with us. Uh, one's a music video with uh, Russell in it. And just to uh, give the complete opposite in terms of to demonstrate the breadth of the guy's acting ability, there's uh, a link to a short uh, film, it's about 15, 15, 16 minutes long that he, he was in, which uh, uh, is definitely worth taking the time to watch. So um, and he can actually sing too. Uh, apparently, there is reference on the um, um, on the video diary that um, I think I can't remember if it was Sinead or Lenora. One of the two makes uh, makes comments about the fact that he is constantly singing around the set and stuff. So uh, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, but obviously, Baftas, um, you know, great news that they were nominated. 
um, sad news that they didn't win, which uh, obviously we're all a bit gutted about. But uh, general feeling on the the Twitterverse the night the BAFTA was on was that if we'd actually got to vote, and it wasn't sort of like a uh, uh, committee voting type thing, then uh, we'd have probably quite easily won. <laughs> But uh, no, um, you know, congrats again to everyone, you know, over over the being nominated. But uh, um, shame that uh, they did manage to get a bit more recognition for uh, for what an awesome show it is. So anyway, um, so Susan, is there anything you want to to share with us? Because I'm I'm keen to get on with the main part of the show tonight. Uh, nothing so far. I mean. I'm getting into season two, and it's pretty good so far. <laughs> News-wise, uh, check out the blogs and see what's going on. All right, well, then let's go on to a promo. Is the long drive to work getting you down? Do you feel like the other drivers want to run you off the road and beat you with the tire iron of life? Relax. Take a break. And let the fun of sci-fi news geeking ease your drive time woes. Slice of sci-fi. It's not as good as having a stormtrooper on your hood, but it's close. SliceofSciFi.com. So, what have we got left to look forward to? Us refugees. The flotsam and jetsam of death. Maybe. If we still deserve such a thing as mercy, we find each other. Okay, and we're back. Um, so, first episode of season two. And I've been so looking forward to talking about season two. I've been sat on my hands throughout the entire bloody review of the first season. Because every time I wanted to talk about anything in particular that related to how the story continues in season two, I haven't been able to because Susie hadn't seen season two. And we didn't want Um, to be spoilery on the podcast. So Exactly, but we were spoilery off the podcast, though. Well, yeah, look. Because I'm, yeah, I don't care about spoilers. I know, but but you've now seen the first one, haven't you, of season two? Yes. Okay, and uh, I'm sort of thinking that until, because it's going to start airing in the US in about a month's time, isn't it? I think you're about... A month away before it actually airs on BBC America? Yes, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. So that means that um, potentially you'll... We'll record the second... Yeah, we'll probably record the second episode before it's aired in the US. But then from that point... I did work this out a bit of paper just because I'm sad like that. And uh, (laughs) we, we sort of run ahead of the US to start with. And then obviously, because we're doing one every four weeks and they're doing one every week, um, you finish a lot quicker than we do. So, uh, so we'll be ahead of the curve for a little while and then we'll catch up. So, uh, I don't know. You'll, you'll probably end up watching them. I don't know. It, it'll make sense at some level. All right. Let's go ahead and recap the episode. Okay. So let's see. Well, a lot happens 
in the first episode. I mean, obviously, it starts off with a a general recap of um, a general recap of season first season. It gives you the whole like montage bit of the first season, um, and then the episode you've got. Um, it starts off with uh, Mitchell and George chatting in the pub about how clearly George's relationship with Nina is not progressing how George expected and he's not happy about that and um, and we can talk about some more about George and uh, Nina's relationship I guess in a minute but uh, George leaves the pub gets into a fight with some vampires uh, which leads you to being introduced to Ivan and Daisy for the first time um, and uh, and then the the episode carries on with Annie wanting to go out and get a job at a pub um, and looking at um, which I think how does it go from there um, oh, okay, yeah, and um, you then got the whole bit in the pressure chamber with the werewolf changing. Um, Galvin, I think it is, remember? Um, changing in in the pressure chamber, Nina changing, um, and then the whole bit with George and Daisy in the woods, um, Nina blaming Mitchell, and then Nina and George having the mother of all fights, uh, culminating in finally Nina revealing the truth of what's happened to her. Um, you've got the whole Mitchell and Lucy story arc kicking off, and uh, Annie meeting Sol in the pub, and the um, and a bit more information on Daisy in the hospital, which I guess we'll talk about in a minute, and then uh, George and Nina sort of reconciling towards the end, uh, and then the, the episode sort of concludes with Mitchell being happy that uh, basically it, it's Mitchell's conclusion to season one at that point. Where he's happy that you know everything's great, but in the background, Kemp and Lloyd are, are in the house. So, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what what happens. But um, I guess so. What did you think, Susie? What's your your first impressions on on the start of season two? I thought they hit it really jam packed. Um... They didn't leave anything. I think they learned from the first season. They really grabbed their audience very quick. You were engulfed in the storyline. I really was angry towards George. I mean, in his treatment of Nina, I was really angry at him. But you saw his character start to change. And that's what Mitchell was afraid of, that he was going to be changing after he killed um, Hedrick. Herrick. I can't say his name. Herrick. Yeah. There you go. After he killed him, you know, Mitchell was afraid he was going to change, and George did change, I think. And then his obsession with that Daisy. Yeah. What did he have? A hankering for skank? <laughs> I just, I didn't understand his obsession and his wanting to be with her when he had Nina at home. Well, and I guess I didn't part of like it is. That. Yeah. But he hasn't got Nina at home, has he? I mean, there's his relationship. With, I mean, clearly, I mean, a period of time has passed since the end of season one. You would assume that it's roughly a month, because the the fact that at the end of season one, uh, George is a werewolf and kills Herrick, and in this episode he becomes a werewolf again, which would imply that there's been a lunar cycle. So, twenty eight days roughly has passed 
since the end of season one. So yeah. in those four weeks, you get the impression that Nina's pretty much not talked to George much, has pretty much been quite cold and frosty to him. Well, she was um, upset. He should have been a supporting boyfriend. And when she was sitting there crying after she told him, she was sitting yeah. there crying and he just looked at her and just was like, oh, and walked out. And I thought, oh, that was kind of a dick move. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, it, it's the mother of all miscommunications, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it was. It was very yeah. good on that. Carmi, I mean, George... George basically thinks that he's still the person that is suffering here and he's the one that's the werewolf and he's had to deal with killing Carrick and he's all this stuff. And in comparison, Nina hasn't got as much to deal with, okay? Now, yeah. if you if Nina hadn't been scratched and she'd been acting like that towards George and, uh, I mean, as, you know, as George points out, you know, um, you know she's not, sleeping with him or anything you know there's nothing going on she, she, you know, she doesn't even want him to touch her um, and this has been going on for a month now and George clearly wants and needs some comfort from what he's done and been through and he doesn't understand why he's not getting that from Nina and uh, and Daisy is the first person that's you know, sort of offered him any comfort shall we say um, since I think happened. Daisy would have offered anybody comfort. <laughs> yeah, she was cra- They had her acting crazy. So uh, she almost reminded me of a Drusilla from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She she is a bit Drew in parts, isn't she? she yeah, has she that is. Element isn't to her. She? <laughs> but I think she's she's not as crazy. She's a lot saner. Um, but uh, and we can get more into. I think Daisy. I mean, we'll get into more. I think Daisy's one of my my favourite characters this season two, or the new character season oh, two. Oh, okay. She's a lot well, then I'll keep that in mind as I. Yeah, all right. She's a lot more complex. I'll keep now, that Barry. in mind. Yeah, we'll come <laughs> back to. That. But yeah, so um, um, yeah. I mean, the so <sighs> the whole fact that because Nina hasn't revealed the truth to George, yeah, George is not reacting to Nina in the way that Nina needs him to react. Um, and so, yeah, George is being a to get to Nina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but on, in fairness, it's not that it, from his, if you take it purely from his perspective, the information he has at hand, he's still being a bit of a get, but it's a lot more understandable. Um, but and he, I mean, the whole thing's. A, a oh, mess. wait a minute, wait a minute. Understandable from whose point of view? A man's point of view or a woman's point of view? I think it's more understandable from a man's point of view. Yes. Nowhere yeah, it's near understandable from a woman's point of view. So, no, no. Yeah, definitely not at all. point that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, but it's all down to communication. Oh, and it's the fact they're just not, they've stopped talking to each other. And that, that's where this comes from. So. Now, um, why so, didn't Nina want to yeah. come out and tell Jor? I mean, was she really that afraid? I know she said. It'll hurt him. It'll destroy him. What is she really that naive that she would have thought it would have really destroyed him? I mean, it looks to me like she would have, you know, said, hey, I need your help through this. Accidents happen. Look what you did to me, dude. When you pushed me away, you scratched me. My own fault because I shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. But bear in, bear in mind how... Uh, how violated George felt about what had happened to him 
Oh yeah. You know, George, when, when George became aware of, you know, he felt that he'd essentially been violated by Tully. In, you know, it was that what Tully had done to him was wrong, and um, and yeah, I think Nina was wor- right to be worried as to. I mean, on top of the fact that he just killed Herrick, and he's dealing with all the emotional load of that. She was seriously concerned about what it would do to his state of mind to find out that he had now done the one thing that he could never forgive Tully for doing to him, you know? And it shows she really cares about George. Oh, completely. The two of them just massively care for each other. And anyway, yeah. We can, end of, end of season two. We, we need to have a long conversation about George and Nina's relationship through season two. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, uh, I, it's, you, you got the whole bit where George being George goes to, um, the, the ladies help in the alleyway. And you see the change in George straight away. The fact that, the George of season one wouldn't aggressively go chasing after vampires to pick a fight with them, you know? Yeah. And and uh, Mitchell's trying to hold him back, and nope, George wants to go fight. Um, so uh, it's... And, and then obviously, yeah, Daisy goes all slightly skanky on her <laughs> in the car park. Um, and... Uh, uh, oh, and I love the fact that um, um, they call George Bouncer. They keep making all dog references and they call him Bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of wondering so, what that was about. I'm like, huh, is that because he's well, fighting with them all? Uh, oh, I don't, I mean, it, Bouncer's a, a generally used name for a dog, you know. Oh, uh, and in see, part a Bouncer is many, somebody many years, here at a club that yeah. fights and gets people out. No, no, it's bouncer in terms of, um, well, it, it could even be the fact that um, the TV show Neighbours, you know, the Australian TV show Neighbours? Yeah. Um, many, in many years ago, um, there was a dog in Neighbours called Bouncer. <laughs> Probably one of the high points of sort of Neighbours popularity in the UK when it first aired in the uh, 80s and stuff was when this dog Bouncer was in it. So uh, it may even be a... Uh, a reference to that. It's one of those cultural things in the UK that most people would recognise a dog's name as being Bouncer. But um, Anyway, so what, what do you think of Annie's life ambition? I thought she had completely lost it to be in the, to work in a pub, but it kind of <laughs> is sad because she's just craving that, that human contact. Well, she's just wanting that contact. That- she she never got a chance to have a life, did she? No, she was killed too young. And not only that, but when she was alive, she lived her whole life for Owen. Mm-hmm. That's what her whole life was basically looking after Owen, doing for Owen, taking care of Owen. She never did anything for herself. And it's quite sweet. That's what she wants to do, like a pub. <laughs> and they were kind of laughing at her going, oh, that's... That's what you want to do. Okay. <laughs> Mitchell's response yeah. was, that was funny. Put his head down. You don't go almost see him trying to stop from laughing. 
Yeah. It's like, well, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it's saying like, you know, what's there to worry about? A semi-corporeal, uh, you know, dead person working in the service industry or something. You know? <laughs> it's, and because okay. she could be squishy if somebody touched her. Yeah. So, um, and then obviously you get to see a little bit, because obviously you've seen, you saw Kemp at the end of the last uh, series. Yes. And I'm trying to remember, at the time you thought he was a, what was it, a policeman or a psychiatrist or something, wasn't it? Or Yeah, like a doctor. I'm tr- okay. And uh, you get to see a different side of Kemp, don't you? Oh, today? yeah. Guy's a jerk. Weird. Yeah. So you've got the the pressure chamber ex- experiment. And, uh, I mean, what did you think of that when that sort of scene panned out? Uh, that was that was kind of weird because I didn't understand the, the, the pressure, what the dropping and the lowering of the pressure. It's like, wait a minute, the body's going to react to the dropping and lowering of the pressure very differently. And the, the PSIs they were putting on them, it's like, that's not a lunar cycle. I, I, I'm not getting this. Yeah, I mean, I don't quite understand the science of what's going on here. But well, I, there is I a pressure change, but nothing that can be simulated by an altitude chamber. Yeah, I mean, that what they're sort of implying is that um, the change in, I guess, the change in uh, gra- in gravity caused by you know, the moon cycle and stuff is you know, they believe that's what causes the werewolf to change and by artificially changing the, the, the pressure that they're at and stuff it will hopefully suppress the change and but stuff. it didn't, it ripped that um, poor guy apart yeah well because the wolf was trying to get out and the wolf yeah. couldn't get out because it was being held in place so Yes, on one level, the technology works because it does stop the wolf from coming out. But on the other hand, it, the person just you know gets shredded by the the, the uh, and, and it's pretty grim. And that's what struck me when I first watched it. I was like, "Whoa, okay, that sort of level of violence and blood you didn't really get in the first season." I noticed that with this season that they really, even the sex scene, they really kind of. They really kind of were pushing the envelope on a lot of it, and I think that's that's probably what's going to keep a lot of viewers interested. Yeah. They didn't stay with it's, the same old, same old. They changed it. No, they've taken it up a level. Yeah, they really have. So, um, and it, I think that's, that seems great because it shows you, in a nutshell, exactly how fervent Kemp is in his goal to deal with werewolves and vampires. and uh, um, It took me a while, I might as well mention this now, because I ended up looking it up and on, you know, reading up and things. And this, The whole thing with referred to that was the last Type 3. They, they referred to Type 1s, Type 2s oh, and Type yeah, 3s. Yeah. yeah, Type 1s are vampires, Type 2s are ghosts, and Type 3s are werewolves. Oh, that's why he was interested when he went into the house and he said... Is there yes. anybody here that shouldn't be here uh, in the ghostly yeah. world? Because what's of interest to them is they've got they've never seen a Type One, a Type Two, and a Type Three all cohabiting before. Yeah. 
you know. So, um, um, and, uh, uh, okay. Oh, um, so Mitchell and, uh, Lucy, the female doctor with the missing goldfish. That was so sweet. So what do you, what's your first impressions of that relationship and things and... Mitchell's I guess in like the first episode of season one, she survived longer than a, you know, yeah. <laughs> she made it through the first episode without being killed by a vampire, which is quite good going. But it goes to show you how lonely Mitchell is, you know. And he was yeah. like, you know what, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have me a relationship too, and really want one. I mean, he was, he was really trying really hard. You have to admit. He was very sweet, wasn't he? He was. He, and he didn't give up. When she shot him down, he didn't give up. He came back again. And he even brought her a fish and named the fish. Oh. <laughs> what did he call the fish? Was it Terrence or Trevor? It was Trevor, Trevor wasn't it? Yeah. It's blessed. I know. It's like, Great. where did he get goldfish. that name from? <laughs> that is cool. Um. So, yes. Okay. So yeah, it was quite interesting how that relationship. What do you think about up. it? I honestly can't remember. I mean, I'm being completely honest. I mean, having seen all of season two, I'm struggling to remember exactly. I think it was. I think I just viewed it as being, you know, she was being lined up as Mitchell's love interest for season two, and and not much more than that, really. You know, I think I was far more focused in this episode on what was happening with George and Nina and the whole pressure chamber bit. Yeah, I, I agree sort of with you there. The, 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 the Mitchell-Lucy bit I just there. saw mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as a secondary thing. Same as Annie as well. Yeah, Annie and um, um, and um, Sol. I didn't care much for him. He kind of... My first impression of him is that that dude's kind of shady. He comes across as being a bit of a shit, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of shady. Um, yeah, that was my first reaction was, oh, God, you know, she's gone from Owen, who treated like, like crap. I mean, what is it with this woman and her complete inability to spot decent men? Because, hey, look, you know, bloke, be, you know, bloke in the pub, he seems like quite a nice guy, you know, and she ignores him and she takes the... Uh, <sighs> I'd say, was it, I like his quiet about, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you or something, you know. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be the first one that's tried, you know. <laughs> and no one caught on that. I was like, oh, did she just really go there? That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't take a strange man back to the house. Why does something happen? It's like, well, actually, in fairness, you know, she's probably quite safe. Yeah. <laughs> he can't really do much to her. Um, you know. So, um, but yeah, no, my first impression of Sol as well was that he was just a complete git and, um, and he, he you know, we, we, we take care of Annie, don't you? You know, we all, we all love Annie and we don't want anything to happen to her. And, uh, it's like, no, he's not a nice guy. So, anyway, so, uh, well, so when we talked about, um, oh, um, hospital, Daisy. Yes. What, what, okay, what was your first thoughts when you saw Daisy in the hospital room? With her daughter, I thought, I still think she's more Drew-like. It's like, are you crazy? She was going to try to kill her. It's like, why? 
Well, my, my first thought when I saw it was um, took me back to Herrick, and um, oh, I forgot his name again. The guy that was like the guy that's killed by you know. Um, oh, it's gone out of my head. Anyway, um, when they're in the hospital and they're recruiting, or oh, yeah. you know, so they're going around. Yeah. So when I saw her in the hospital, my first thought was that is she there because she's off recruiting or she's looking for uh, an easy meal? That's what I thought. Yeah. She was there getting a meal, trying to kill somebody to yeah. eat. Yeah. And uh, but so when you saw her in the room with the scissors with the old woman in the bed, who did you think the old woman was? Just some random patient. Then I thought, why is she going after some old lady? Yeah. And uh, and obviously Georgia says, you know, is this your mom? Yeah. Yeah. And and I sort of thought, oh yeah, maybe it's her mom. I was quite happy with that as an explanation. Uh, I, I mean, okay, maybe I am just like the slowest person on the planet, but I just did not see the fact that that was going to be her daughter coming. I was it's like, whoa, sad. that's her daughter. Kind of. So, I mean, like, she had like, to watch her daughter grow up to die, and that's like every parent's worst nightmare is to watch your child yeah. do that. Well, it puts in, what really struck me was if she left the daughter to become a vampire when her daughter was, what, five or something yeah. like that? And that woman's clearly in her 80s. So how old is Daisy? You know, Daisy's been a vampire 80-odd years, hasn't she? So, so Daisy's been around for like 100 you know, odd years now, you know? Yeah, oh, um, that's true. I hadn't that thought was, that about was, that. Yeah. She's, so he puts in the context how old Daisy is. Well, look how old Mitchell and then, is. Well, yeah. And, um, and given the fact that Ivan turned Daisy, clearly Ivan's even older still, you know. So that's what really struck me when he realized it's her daughter. But you start to see this other side to Daisy about the, the element, there's an element of tragedy there. That I think George, because George is a pretty smart guy and... He he hits the nail right on the head straight away when, uh, you know, um, Daisy's saying that her daughter was fine. Her daughter had all these people that support her, looked after her, and she was okay, and she didn't need her and stuff. And George's like, no, no, the only person that she wanted was you. Yeah, and all, all either wanted was a portable fuck, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that really put into context and I think if that's exactly what Daisy knows I mean Daisy knows that you know she knows exactly the reality of the decision she made and the fact that she has absolutely no ability to go back and change that decision and she's got to live for eternity with the knowledge the fact that she left her yeah you know, she left her child basically she abandoned her child went off and uh, that's why she's it trying to kill her. It kind of showed her selfish because... part on that. Oh, completely. She was completely selfish and immature, very immature, and um, and uh, manipulated by by uh, Ivan as well, you know. Um, and as you said, you know, when she's like, uh, "Oh, you leave me, I'll I'll kill her and stuff," and George's like, "Well, go ahead, you know, because it's not going to make any difference." You know, you still got to be racked with guilt for the fact that you left yeah. her. You know, just getting getting rid of the evidence now doesn't, you know, get rid of the, um, she's not going to go away. You know, you always got to have your daughter and you always got the memory you've left her. You know. So, um, 
But it it starts to add layers into Daisy's character. She's not just this vacuous slut that goes around shagging everything that moves. There is a an uh, there is an element of uh, of depth to her, you know. Um, uh, you know, because you were saying, yeah, she's a bit she's a bit Drew, and I guess from a Buffy analogy, she's a bit of Faith as well, isn't she? I guess so. So angry, all of that anger pent up. Yeah. So. Uh, um, and then George, bless him, you know, sobbing his eyes out, isn't he? And, uh, you know, uh, and it's, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm really glad. I mean, it could have been so easy for them to have dragged out the whole George-Nina yes. uh, argument over several episodes. But they, I, I, won't, I don't think it's particularly concluded, but they at least late reach a level of, reconciliation don't they they did so it can go on to other things so they don't waste their time yeah i mean that's one thing i like about Uh it they don't waste their time on piddly stuff they get straight to what needs to be they get straight to the storyline yeah um and um oh yeah so so yeah the bit of the the end with um, uh, Mitchell and Annie with all the tea. So, uh, and, uh, oh, and I loved the bit earlier in the episode, sorry, where, um, George is annoyed that the biscuits all are going because Annie keeps dunking biscuits in her tea. She can't eat the biscuits, but she just dunks them in the tea. Yeah. yeah love that. Um, but, um, and Mitch, that, that I think is probably the happiest that I've seen Mitchell that point when he's outside and he's like finally you know here we are you know and he's there and he's surrounded by their neighbors and they're accepted and they're happy and that old lady what she says that old lady to mitchell she goes i'm so sorry we thought you were touching that little boy yeah which i think it's not quite a nice touch because a lot of shows um you don't have that level of continuity you know, because you sit there thinking, oh, man, they're all out there happy, joking, laughing, smiling, all pally-pally. Aren't these the people that would try to kill them, string them up mm-hmm. and paint God knows what on the houses? And uh, it's like, is there no memory of this? I mean, it's like a big reset button and uh, all that's taken care of by that the, the little old deer coming up and apologizing, you know. No, it goes to and show like, you no, that it, humans it's... forget and forgive. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, it's, it's a really touching moment. And it's just massively, as is always the case, you know, like brilliantly sort of shot and, um, and presented to us, but layered with the tragedy of, you know, full well that Mitchell is at this high point of, of him feeling that his journey is complete. When you know full well in the background, because you've seen what Kemp is like already with the pressure chamber, he's now in their house. Yeah. And you just know, you, you just know there's, that, that, yeah, that there's crap coming. And, uh, and I don't know, it's just, you watch, I, I watched that the first time and you look at it, you just see Mitchell and you're thinking, you know, you just want to warn him that, you know, it's all going to start falling apart, you know. You want to tell them to be careful to go back to their house. It wasn't a gas leak for real. 
Yeah. You know, like they think it nope. is. No, it was Lloyd <laughs> and Kemp. So, um, so anything, you know, because I'm, you know, I mainly was been looking forward to finding out your views and stuff. So, is there anything else from the first episode that we haven't talked about that uh, you formed impressions on or wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I'll just I'll give Daisy a chance. I mean, I'm anxious to see what happens with. George and Nina, especially whenever Nina finds out George cheated on her, and I was just very surprised at the the turn that they're... I think George is going to be going through a lot of problems. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what this guy is, what his plans are with Annie. That's kind of strange to me, too. And Mitchell, his new love interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully he won't kill her. <laughs> yep. Before uh, long. <laughs> and if okay. he does, hopefully he'll turn her, you know, and, and take care of her. Um, okay. I, I'm well, excited to see um, episode two, and I held off on watching episode two until we did this recording, so I'll probably watch episode two tomorrow night. Okay, cool. Because um, that's what I was going to say. I mean... Clearly, when it starts airing in the US, it would, you know, uh, it makes sense for you to obviously then spoiler protect yourself in a way by staying with the, the aired schedule. But up until that point, if you can resist from, uh, from watching ahead, then I think it does actually add to the podcast the fact that we're talking about it as we're discovering and viewing it. You know. Oh, you're asking me to do that? I was going to watch all of them by this weekend. Oh. Well, it's up to you. Um, I can try. I just, I just think it does add an interesting dynamic of, you know, it's it's a bit like, you know, what I did with uh, Jericho, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I look back at some of my earlier posts on, on Jericho as I watch Jericho. So for those of you who are completely unaware, um, Susie, as you know, hosts, um, well, she's one of the hosts on Future Traditions, which is a podcast all about Jericho. And when, um, after encouragement, I went and watched Jericho when it was re-aired on UK TV. After every episode, I posted an entry on LiveJournal about what I thought of that episode. And... What's amusing about that is when I go back and look at my earlier posts, I can't believe some of the things I thought said, you know, etc. about characters, <laughs> not knowing, you know. And I, I just I like that dynamic. I just think it's it's it's, in, it's going to be interesting that for as long as we can hold off, um, I think. Um, I have enough willpower to do it, that. Yes. Because I I think it's it's going to be interesting to. Uh, to get that the shock and surprise on the podcast of you discovering stuff along the way. <laughs> so I, I think we're uh, I think we're done. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, or we'll go go to promo? No. Let's go to a great promo. Okay. We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. Irish drinking songs, Scottish bagpipes, totally trad, jigs and reels. Celtic Rock. If it's independent Celtic music, you can find it on Mark Gunn's Irish and Celtic Music Podcast at CelticMusicPodcast.com.
Okay, and uh, and we're back, and uh, I think we're pretty much we're pretty much done for this episode. Uh, unless there's anything else you particularly want to talk about, Susie? No, I'm going to try my best, and I'm not going to watch ahead so that we can do it right then and there and get honest without going ahead. I'll be good. But I'm excited. I can't wait to see what episode two. Can I watch episode two yet? Well, yeah, you can watch episode two because that's okay. the next one to talk about. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Okay. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for uh, for joining us again. Um, thanks to the people that we have had some uh, feedback, and we've also had some people sharing some stories and bits and pieces with us. So we've got some some content for our next uh, for our next mini episode. So uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, but we want to hear from from more of you, so uh, please, uh, you, you know how to get hold of us. Um, all the information is up on the the website www.beinghumancast.com. Uh, if you look on there, you've got our email address. You can contact us via the website. You can comment on the website, uh, leave feedback. Um, you know, give us um, some comments and scores on iTunes. That'd be awesome if we could do that as well. Um, or you could give us a call and uh, leave us a message, and we get that as a MP3, and we'll play that on the show. So, lots of ways to get hold of us. Lots of ways of talking to us. Um, please, please contact us, and we'll uh, um, and we'll be able to uh, find out what you think. That'd be great. Um, Susie, anything else you want to say, or do you want to encourage people to contact us some more? I would, I would like to hear from people. I mean, I like those at the as the many episodes. I like hearing from people, or even if you don't want to record it yourself, we don't mind if you just email it to us what you want us to say, and we can go ahead and we can record it ourselves. But I think it'd be awesome to hear from people yeah, as to why it's, you it's... like being human. Yeah, it's nice Maybe to hear even this what they think about the episodes that we're discussing. But, uh, but as Susie says, we'll we'll happily read them out if um, if we're not able to, uh, if people aren't able to or don't want to. Yeah, you know, please send it to us. You know, we'll be happy to read it out. Uh, oh, and I guess um, fanfic as well, Susie. Your your pet pet favorite subject. Um, if people have got any fanfic, then uh, we'd love to get that as well. Oh, yeah, great. It'd be awesome to have some fanfic from people. Okay. Uh, and on that note, I, I think we're done. So uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll, uh, we'll see you all again soon. Bye. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later. Okay.